Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Yeah, I mean, every time I walk on that field, I don't I don't think I'm an underdog, especially when I walk on Arrow, Arrowhead's field. So uh, I just go in with the same mindset of we're going to play our best football to win. Uh, we know we're playing a great football team that's beat us the last three times. Um, and so we have to learn from our mistakes in the past and be better um, in order to, to win against a great football team. BSAFC Championship Week, baby. Come on now. Come on now. The second leg onto what I said last week. I know many of you out there were like, Oh my God, Show comes out and says that the Chiefs are guaranteed going to win the Super Bowl. And look what happens in the second quarter to Patrick Mahomes. But it's all right. He's back. He was running around, looking sexy, looking good, hopping, jumping. It's all good, baby. This is the second leg, and it is payback time, baby. Hey, you could have never. Here we go, fellas. You could have never mentioned that, and I wouldn't have even connected the dots to Patrick Mahomes getting oh. hurt and you cursing him. Oh, really? Oh, it was the first oh, thing that I thought. Yeah, gotta, my first thought was, man, if, Ron, if if he doesn't come back in this game, if the Chiefs lose this game, Ron is never going to hear the end of it. That never, was, yeah, never. I wouldn't, but it's okay. It was the like, first time all year you've been optimistic about this team, and then immediately <laughs> you see the starting quarterback, the superstar of the team, the most important Kansas Cityan in the history of our city. He goes down on the field because you put that curse on him. I, I, I would have never forgiven you. I never would have allowed you to li- live to the end of that one. See, first off, this is going to be a theme of this show. Uh, 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 BS narratives that are created as BK just did. Uh, this is not the first time I have been optimistic on this team. Hell, I don't even know how many times I've picked them to lose when we do predictions for this team. I know you picked them against Buffalo, and of course you two were right. And I picked them, and I picked them against. I picked the the Chiefs to be, to win that game. I have been optimistic. All right about this team. Okay, so that that's a narrative that is untrue that many people like to run to. I see the comments. Many people like to run to <laughs> that is that I am negative. By the way, leave your reviews five stars question. only, please. Yes, I mean I take a couple of four and a half, but you know what? You just that's, if you're that's doing not, that, that's not an option. We we only want fives. I'm just saying, if you you know, listen, come as you are. If you're giving four and a half, just know you're a bad person that's destined to drive a Ford for Steve in your life, and that's all right. <laughs> but if that's where you feel four and a half, that's cool. It's all good, baby. But I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go, Steve. I really am, baby. Well, I know I am, baby. As you already know, there's only four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the you can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped up same game parlays. Take your shot, add an even bigger NFL payout, and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to one hundred percent. Like this Kansas City Chiefs Cincinnati Bengals AFC Championship game we are about to dive into. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have himself a pretty nice game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code 5QUESTIONS. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code 5QUESTIONS. 
Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Listen, speaking of what you're talking about there with DraftKings, like, do you all feel like it's a disrespect that the Chiefs are now home dogs and Patrick Mahomes is alive and and, and in a uniform? And Andy Reid is also alive. Home dogs, five straight AFC championship games. They have become home dogs. Like, and I know they've lost to the Bengals three times in a row. But is that disrespectful? Is that, is that disrespectful that the Chiefs at Arrowhead, the toughest place to play in football, are home dogs? And once again, I want to add that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are well among the living. So that is the case right now. It might change by the time you're listening to this, by the way, because the line has moved a little bit in favor of the Chiefs, at least on the money line. But let's yeah, let's I don't, I don't give a rip. I don't give a rip. It, it, it at some point through the week, this thing has changed. Sure. All right, at, at, at any point, and the Bengals are as high as two and a half. Yeah, it, it was a significant point, favorite at one point. At, it, I don't care if it was for an hour that someone filled the switch. <laughs> at some point. As I as I said once again, Patrick Mahomes is living with this. Travis Kelsey is alive as well. Chris Jones is with this as well. Like that they are home dogs. Like, I mean, how many times has Mahomes been a home dog? One. It's only happened once. One time in his career has he been a home underdog. It was against Buffalo earlier this year. Of course, Kansas City ended up losing that game, but I actually think this is right, Ron. I think this is right. You know, I'm the one on the show. Like, I I have been terrified of the Bengals for two years. This is the team that ruins my nightmares. I I wake up in a hot sweat in the middle of the night because of this stupid Cincinnati team, man. Because of what they've done to the Chiefs. I've seen Joe Burrow drag Chris Jones when Chris Jones has him in his grasp. I've seen Jamar Chase running down the sidelines with nobody in his in his path to the end zone. I've seen Samaj P. Ryan run over the Chiefs linebackers time after time after time. This entire team haunts my nightmares and has done so for like 15 months now. So yeah, I think it's the right line. I think it always should have been in their, their favor, even if Mahomes was 100% healthy. That being said, I think it should be a motivation for the Chiefs. Like, if you're on that team, you should be like, how the hell are we an underdog against a team that is the upstart version of us? So I think it just depends on your perspective. But for me, this is the team that has always scared me. I'm glad that the Chiefs get another opportunity to try to beat them. But, man, if they go for four in a row, yeah, I think that they've got to be favored in this game. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes was asked about that this week, and he was just like, as long as I'm on the field, I'm assuming that I'm going to win. Like, that's my mentality about it. Like, I don't care if, I, if I'm uh, favored or not. And it's understandable. And I agree with basically everything that BK said. Like, this team has beaten you three times in a row. I think this team, top to bottom, is probably better than you right now. Like, they don't have the glaring weaknesses where you have glaring weaknesses. They've got issues just like every other team in the NFL right now. They've got things you can point to, to where you say, like, you doubt how, how good they actually are, how talented they actually are. But this team has had your number, and there's no excuses for this anymore. So I think they deserve to be underdogs based on their performance against the Cincinnati team over the last two years. Yeah, listen, I, I, I think if you're the Chiefs, or Chiefs fans, I think it's disrespectful. Uh, but I think it's fair. 
Uh, they, I mean, like, like to, to piggyback on what you said, I mean, they beat you, they beat you three straight times, and their quarterback is uh, at least in the same ballpark as your quarterback, and he has outplayed your quarterback in all of these games, and in particular in the second half of all three of the games. So, yes, I would feel disrespected if I were them because hell, you're supposed to get three points just for being at home, and you're not, and you're not even getting that right, uh, and. So I, I would feel disrespected, uh, but I think it's fair. Now, I'll tell you where I do draw the line, because I'm telling you, I, I, I'm a believer in this, baby. Now you, you, do, you do what the Bengals have done to the Chiefs. Oh, you, you, you get to talk. And, and if you are with the Chiefs, man, you, that's part of you. You got to shut up and take it. Like, you get to, you get to flex all you want. Like you get to do all this. They they get to bring up any conversations that you think is nonsense of Joe Burrow being on the same level of Patrick Mahomes and any of like it gets to happen because they have won, right? They've come back from behind. It ain't flukes. They didn't beat you. They beat you at their place. They beat you uh, at, at, at your place. They beat you at big games. They beat you at games that means they get to feel themselves. Now, fellas, where I draw the line is at Mike Hilton. <laughs> ah, now listen. Uh, now, I, I'm Mike cool Hilton's really good. Yourself and you know, and and I've even I've even understood uh, uh Eli Apple's uh simple ass. I, I like I, I can even <laughs> but Mike Hilton turning arrowhead uh, a place of my childhood, and uh and and after one victory in it. Turning it into Burrowhead. Now, damn it, that's where I draw the line. Now, you got to, now, all right, now, you, now at some point, now, shut up. Now, you got to chill that out. All right. And that, now, that, you know, calling it Burrowhead, I'm, I'm sorry. Now, I got to draw the damn line there, Mike Hilton. Now, you calm down. All right. The next time he comes on a blitz, which I'm sure will happen on, a, on, on, on Sunday, I hope Jarrett McKinnon absolutely lifts his ass like he did old 2 3 last <laughs> week for the Jacksonville Jaguars and tell him to welcome to Arrowhead, bitch. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go there, but I just, I just, that's where I am. Mike Hilton. Now I've, I've been down for it. Now Mike Hill, Mike Hilton's out here, out here, up here, just rolling the renaming it Burrowhead. I'm sorry, fellas. That's where I draw the line. You can have, you can have the line. It's fair. They can be two and a half point favorites. Hell, they can be three point favorites. But I draw the line. You renaming this sucker after one W. I'm sorry. That is that. Now that got me. You know what makes me most frustrated about this Bengals team, Ron? They're really hard to dislike, and it frustrates the hell out of me. Like, they do all the things that I want my team to do. They talk their crap. Man, they let you know about it. Like, after that Bills game, they let every Bills player, every Bills fan, every Bills media member, the city of Buffalo know, hey, we were about to do this to you last time as well. And they pushed their nose into that stuff, man. It was wild. The way that Eli Apple was going on his rants on Twitter. And he's just the spokesperson. Like he just happens to be the one that's the least afraid to say it publicly. Is, All of is, them are out here saying it. Which is very dicey because we know why you weren't allowed to be able to do that to them last time. So it is very Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That they don't they don't care. It's no. Eli Apple, what he did on Twitter this week was one of the most disrespectful things I've ever seen in the NFL. <laughs> I've never man, seen anything offered, like it, that man. That man offered to pay for uh, for therapy sessions between Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Man, I mean, it's yeah. and he's not even necessarily a good player. Yeah. But, but the that's the craziest part, man. No, no, he's out here like, uh, oh 
God. Vernon Hargraves. That, that, <laughs> that's what, like, Vernon, Big, we used to call him Big Vern, just talk all kind of trash and just get, just absolutely get done in and get up and celebrate. And he's he's swaggy P of the NFL right now. Like, he's played on oh, every team. Nobody really, really wants him. He's the irrational confidence guy. We're like, nobody really knows if he's good at football. We're all pretty sure he's not. But for some reason, he's a starting cornerback on what is arguably the best team in the NFL right now. And those dudes are confident. Like, they are coming in. I, I understand if you're a Chiefs fan right now and you're listening to this and you're saying that that you have Ron's opinion, right? Burrowhead st- saying that is disrespectful. That's you are absolutely correct. It is 100% disrespectful. And that is how it is intended. That is how they want you to hear it, is that they are disrespecting you, your family, your city, and they don't like you, and they're coming in to make sure that you know it. And so, man, when they come in, like, I really like this team. And that's what's so frustrating about this game is, like, I hate them because they have beat the Chiefs three straight times, once in the playoffs, and we'll see what happens on Sunday. But they're hard to dislike because I want my baseball players pimping that home run. I want my basketball players holding that hand up after they hit the big three. I want my basketball players – hanging up on the rim after they dunk on you. Yeah, like, I don't even they want to do rub all that, that stuff. Yeah, they I don't do even all want to that, that stuff. <laughs> and, and then they'll tell you about it afterwards. And so it is just like, man, I want to love this team so badly, but they make me feel That's... so bad after they beat the Chiefs. Oh, The, the Joe Burrow video from the Bills game uh, of him just launching the ball to Hayden Hurst on the sideline and doing the 360 spin in the snow, like all of that's like, man, that guy's got it. Like that guy is just so cool. No stage matters. Like it does not care. He's just out there to beat you and break your heart. Like every single game, but Burrowhead is like ahead of an AFC championship game. That's about as disrespectful as you can be to the fan base, to the organization, And so Chiefs fans need to show up. Like, it better be insane at Arrowhead. They better have an impact on this game. Like, they better make a difference for the Chiefs because this team does not respect anything about this team, this organization, this city, and they're happy to let you know it. Oh, they are. I I just, like, but but what you say is they got, not just the fans, but they got to shut them up. Like the, the the guys on the field have to shut this this thing up because they're the ones who can do something about it. And and you know, I, I we talked about the lines. The line has moved a lot, and, it, and I think it's all predicated to the injury of Mahomes, which is understandable. But this is this is this is a game to me where I think maybe just maybe now I don't know because this narrative is is deep, Joe. I mean, this is deep. To everybody in the league, I mean, from from commentators on ESPN to Fox everywhere, hell, you two have pushed this narrative multiple times this year. But this is a chance where they can again dispose of this narrative that is not true and hasn't been true for for years, and that is Patrick Mahomes has to be Superman, has to walk on water like Jesus for this team to win games like he has to be great if Patrick Mahomes isn't great this team's gonna lose and I think that's why the line has moved so much then the Bengals are a great opponent as you said arguably the best team in football and the belief is oh my god they don't have a chance we already know Pat's gonna be hampered and they can't win unless he's great that's BS man they showed it last week and that was just another example 
Hell, they didn't have Pat. Pat, they went on a 98-yard drive with Chad Henney and didn't have Pat. Pat clearly wasn't himself. What did they do? The defense, who doesn't get enough credit, held Serta, and I'll pull it out. Serta on the uh, was texting us during the game. I don't even think they're playing that well. What the hell are you talking about? The Jacksonville Jaguars are sitting over with 10 points. Remember, I don't even know if they're playing that well. The but defense, there are a lot of people. I still wasn't there, that impressed with the defense. There he is. See, I'm not impressed. Fine. But I, no, I know fine. it. And, and he's and he they don't turn the ball over except somehow they fool around with two turnovers in the game that kind of right. changed One the game. Was on was on Jamal Agnew. He just dropped the football. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Sure. He turned it Whatever. over. The Jalen Watson Whatever. interception was great. It was great. Yeah. Whatever. And Jalen Watson made one of the best plays I've seen, and he made a play. Made a play. And they were on Trevor's butt the whole game. Several sacks coming from all over. I mean, they had what four or five sacks in that game, and Chris Jones didn't get any of them. Frank Clark came alive out of nowhere. Maybe that week off really helped him. So we'll see what happens when he has to play back-to-back weeks. But Frank, I got nothing bad to say about him. He was fantastic. I mean, they they don't get the credit. But this, but but see, Jacksonville wasn't the first game that happened. I mean, it has happened throughout this year. This year, not only does Patrick Mahomes not have to play great sometimes. Hell, Patrick Mahomes can downright play bad and be the reason why the game is close and they can still win games because this year's team, and to be frank with you, this has been a part of the run throughout. Like, let's think about the biggest game that this team has played in in the run in the in the Patrick Mahomes era. With Patrick Mahomes, did he walk on water in the Super Bowl against the 49ers? Hell no, he didn't. He threw a couple of one of the one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen him throw. And they gave him the MVP. And you heard me say gave him the MVP because uh, it just happens. But Williams should have been the MVP. He ran the ball and made huge plays in that game. Chris Jones took over the game in the third or fourth quarter, just took it over, and although he didn't record a sack. But he took over the game. The defense held it down until Mahomes really came back, and he made plays. Listen, I'm not disrespecting Mahomes and saying he is the best player in the game. He is, to me, the best quarterback in the game. And he is the number one reason that the Chiefs have been in this position in this run. But this narrative of that he has to be Superman every week is just untrue. It didn't happen in the Super Bowl. And, hell, Denver, he tried to lose the game to Denver twice. Both times this year, he wasn't great. Hell, against the Buccaneers, go look at his numbers. It wasn't just him. They ran the ball big time in that game, and other people made plays. The Chargers game, the first one, what was he was great in the game, but what was the play that changed the game? It was Watson. Like, it, it, they don't – Patrick Mahomes, if you want to go be Superman, if you want to have one of those performances, we've seen them. We've seen them drag them, drag them to the finish line against Tennessee this year. We've seen it happen. But I'm just saying this narrative that that has to be the case is untrue, and there's plenty of, of, of reasons. So I don't think they're out of it just because Patrick Mahomes ain't going to be 100%. So in general, I agree with you, Ron. I, I think it has been overstated a bit, and I think it has been the case at times in the past, less so this year. I think the defense has been okay for the most part this year. I think the weapons have been better. The offensive line has certainly improved. And now you've got a running game. For really they built the this team time, for this this year, right? They, they built traded Tyreek Hill yeah. to be able to do what you're talking about, to be able to repurpose that money elsewhere and to be able to stock up some of the cupboards where it was bare. That being said, I think against the Bengals, he does have to be superhuman because you look at what they've done against the Bengals over the last two years. This is now three games. They've scored on 50% of their drives. The number one offense in the NFL this year was the Chiefs. They scored on 47% of their drives. They scored against the Bengals over the last two years, three games. 
38% of those drives went for touchdowns. 34% of the Chiefs drives this year went for touchdowns on the season. Again, both of those were the best offense in the NFL. They outperformed that in their two games against, or three games rather, against the Bengals over the last two seasons. So they have been better than their season averages against the Bengals over the last two seasons. And it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. Why? Because Patrick Mahomes wasn't quite superhuman in most of those games. He did throw a pick here or there. He didn't finish the drives in the second half. You did have some mistakes offensively, whether it's the fumble by Kelsey, Tyreek not getting into the end zone, the second half interception where BJ Hill pops in front of an RPO. All of those things, that's enough. Against this team, it's like the old Patriots. If you give them an inch, it's over. And they're going to take advantage of it. And that is their opportunity to go win the game. So, like, does Patrick Mahomes need to go throw for 400 yards? No, but he's got to be a mistake-free player that is consistently moving this offense, man. Because the Bengals, the way that they operate is that they are going to take advantage of every mistake that you make offensively. That's enough for them. They'll they'll run with that. And we saw that last week against the Bills for them. So whether you want to call that superhuman or Patrick Mahomes playing a legit A game, they need that this week. Otherwise, I don't think you can beat this version of the Bengals. Yeah, see, I, I just think just don't be stupid. Don't do the stupid. Like, you know, I, and like I said, he can go be superhuman, and that is great. Like, for me, when I look back at these games, I'm not just so certain, like, and it's because we didn't get, you know, one of the all-time performances from Patrick Mahomes is why they lost the game. I think you, like, you hit one of them, hell, if he just didn't have catastrophic, stupid mistakes in the AFC Championship game, like, that, that, that doesn't happen. And, you know, Kelsey, now that ain't on him, but Kelsey fumbling is a big key to what, what, what happened and caused it there, so... Like, Can I, I don't add think something, though, because I, I think that's what the Bengals do to you. I think they make you press. I think their defense is so frustrating to go against that you think you need to make that play now, and you can't. You can't. Just make, the, you, just make the plays, though. Just make the I'm plays. I'm with you, but that's, that's so much superhuman. easier said than done. It is so much. Yes, like, but it, you it, got to is, do it. It is superhuman for a lot of these quarterbacks that go against the Bengals to just take it. To Like, this is what we gave Tom Brady credit for over the years is that it, it was his superpower, honestly is that he was just willing to. If you, if you were going to give him the co- consistent six-yard completion, he was going to take it 100% of the time, and he's just going to move the ball down the field, and that's the way he's going to win seven Super Bowls, right? And he did that for 20 years, and it made him into the greatest quarterback in the history of the game. That's what Mahomes has to be willing to do in this game. Like, whatever they're willing to give you, and they're going to give you something, and you'll know it by about the second quarter. Whatever they're willing to give you in this one, just continue to take it. And I know that for some, like, that doesn't sound like a superhuman performance. It it will be, though, because that's what it takes against this Bengals team to be able to win. And I I think that why I'd be more confident that he he can do that, and it's not just because of the injury. It's, you know, this, everything that's come, that's built to this point is everything that he's been learning over the last year. Like, Take what's available. You don't always have to push it. You don't always have to press and, and for and force us into bad situations. And I think he's done a really good job of that. I think that he'll still have a handful of plays in this game where it's like, okay, that's why he's the best player in the world. He can make those incredible plays. But I think the Chiefs can win if he's just serviceable, if he just makes the right decisions, if he's just moving the ball, like BK saying – and not forcing the issue, not putting 
his defense in a bad spot by turning the football over, trying to press downfield because they're going to put pressure on you. They're going to drop a lot of people in the coverage and, and they're going to make it difficult for you to push the ball down the field. So I, I think if he takes what's available, then you you live with that and you can win that way while he still makes a handful of the superhuman plays. And that, But that's what I'm talking about, though. Like, I, I can't I can't say that him completing six yard passes is superhuman for him. I, I, I understand where you're what you're saying, BK, but he tried it in the second half. Like there was a point in the second half of the AFC championship game where he tried it and he could not complete swing passes like th- like those those he was off on. He was off on short crossing routes. Like I can remember drives being stalled where McKinnon is open for just and he's and he over and he, and he airmailed him. And like he's got to make that play and he can make that play repeatedly. He's got to do that. And like you said, like I wouldn't say serviceable. I think you got to be a little bit more than serviceable. But I, I mean, I, but I do think there are going to be plays out there for him to make. And we watch him in the first halves able to make it. He's got to consistently do it. And, and to that point, man, I, I know you've talked about it, BK. Like, they're, I, I can't give him no excuse. Like, oh, man, their, their defense is frustrating. No, but there are outs to the defense. Like, there is no. Like they come in here and beat you for a four straight time, they come in here and dominate the second half for a four straight time. I, I, I I'm like I'm. I think I'm out of it in, in terms of excuses. Oh, not only are you out of it. If if the Bengals win this game, and I mean, it sure seems like the Chiefs at a minimum are putting on a front that Mahomes is good enough, right? He's he's better than he was in 2019 when he played really well through a high ankle sprain at the beginning portion of that season. If that is the case, and we just got to take them at their word, if the Bengals win this game, they're now the class of the AFC. Got a back-to-back Super Bowls out of the AFC. They beat you four straight times. Like, there comes a certain point in time. Now, I'm not even talking about the quarterback situation. We can get to that later on where we can talk about, like, Burrow versus Mahomes. If the Bengals overtake you in this game, man, they're it. They're it. They're number one. I said all year I think the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. Not if they lose this game. Like, th- there are no excuses going in. You got to win this game. You're at home. You had the bye. They just had to have a super emotional game going up against the Bengals. You were at home against the Jaguars. Like, we all knew they should have won that game. You got to go do it. You got to go get it done. At some point, you've got to be able to overcome this specific team, this matchup. I- I'm not giving them an out in this game. They- they- mm. They've got to be able to go out there and win. Every week this season, we'll be cooking up our own parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, our loyal fans, to follow. This week, we'll have plenty of action in the AFC Championship game between the Chiefs and Bengals. Make sure you check out our Twitter feed later on this afternoon. We will have a link to our bet for all of you to tail. Each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, uh, we do it every week in the AFC Championship game edition when the Chiefs have the ball. And for me, the the top thing is, look, I think if you've seen uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, and and how he's moving around, what he, to me, it, it, it's a lot uh, better than I thought. Uh, as, as of Wednesday, he is out practicing. Hell, I thought it may just be rest all the way up through it, but they felt good about him going through practice, stretches, running, all that. 
which is which is a huge sign. But with that being said, I saw that injury. I saw what happened. I saw how he was moving. We understand what a high ankle sprain is. We know a high ankle sprain don't heal you to get anywhere close to 100% in seven days. So he is not going to be completely himself. Although he's, he, he's, he should be better than he was moving in the second half, but he is not going to be completely 100% himself. So the, the, the fault going into it to say we can depend on Patrick Mahomes to just make, you know, these crazy plays that he can make that can just bail you out, even if you have the bad a, a bad play call and they have the, the the perfect defense set up and somehow he spins around and just makes a play to bail you out of it. I don't think you can walk in and just completely depend on that. And that is to me why it is imperative that the person that I have called the best play designer and offensive mind we've seen since Bill Walsh, the staff that he has put together that is full of of, of great offensive minds, including uh, an ex-head coach who was able to somehow get Mitch Trubisky to two playoffs and go 12-4 and four through smoke, smoke and mirrors, putting together stuff to make Mitch look as good as he could possibly look in Matt Nagy. And then to have uh, the greatest resume of an offensive coordinator who is now an all-time offensive coordinator and Eric Bieniemy over there on that staff. Those guys have to be weapons. They have to help Patrick Mahomes. They have to help this offense. They have to help this team to put things together in which it's easier for them. They got to show why they're great. Andy's got to show why he's great. Let's just be honest. Oh, sweet Lou, Anaruma, Anaruna, Aganle. Uh, 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 Anna, you had it. You got it. Amaruno, uh, Oriema, whatever his, whatever Lou's name is, the defensive coordinator, he has just flat out out coached them in the last three games. Like that's like that's a hidden thing. As you say, people talk about Joe Burrow a lot. No. It, it, it is. It does not make sense with who they have up front for them and who they have in the secondary that they are able to stymie the Chiefs at different parts, in particular in the second half of these games, the way they have been able to do it, right? And and for some reason they don't get a ton of pressure on a lot of teams, a lot of teams, especially without blitzing. But against the Chiefs, they do. <laughs> against the Chiefs, for somehow they 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 do it against them. Sam Hubbard. And, and Hendrickson turn into and BJ Hill is intercepting balls. Like they turn into stuff they're not. Andy Reid and company have to be a weapon, have to win their matchup against Sweet Luke. That to me is the number one thing because you cannot just depend on Mahomes going Mahomes because he's not going to be 100%. They got to help him. So James Palmer tweet that, tweeted this out the other day. He said, Why are we analyzing the Mahomes high ankle sprain? It's because of this. Patrick Mahomes this season has thrown 116 passes on the run, which is the second most in the league. He has 850 passing yards on the run, which is the most in the league. He has 117 attempts from outside the tackles and 99 extended pass attempts. So attempts that took at least four seconds or more to get off. Those are both the most in the NFL. Mahomes is the best quarterback that I have ever seen outside of structure. When the play breaks down and you need something to happen and you just need a quarterback to take over with his own natural God-given abilities, 
He's the best at it. There's nobody that I've seen that's done it at the level that he does. That's going to be limited this week. Maybe it's 80% of what it normally is. Maybe it's 70%. I don't know where it's going to be, but it's not going to be at 100%. There's just no way. It's not possible coming off of a high ankle sprain. And so when you have that, you have to lean more into the stuff that Andy did with Alex Smith, the stuff that he did with Donovan McNabb, the stuff that he did with Kevin Cobb. And like those guys that he's worked with in the past, some of most of them, all of them, honestly, didn't have the same ability as Patrick Mahomes. Dust off some of those playbooks. Look into some of that old stuff. What did we do to, to maximize whatever they had available to them on any given day? We've seen this before, Ron. Like, I will never forget, it was a Monday night football game against the Ravens. I think it was like two years ago, where the Chiefs just like, they had that defense in a blender, man. They had no idea what was coming at them. You had the A-plus Andy Reid script. And it was just a route from the moment that they kicked that ball off. The Ravens had no shot because of what Andy had schemed up that day. That's what this has got to be. This has got to be an Andy Reid over my dead body game. We've seen those from Mahomes in the playoffs. This is Andy's turn. It's Andy's turn to be able to have his name etched in stone. And this is his game plan. You got to have that. Sir, we, we watched it. You talked about all those examples. We watched him Saturday. Scheme up a 12-play, 98-yard drive with Chad Henney. Somehow, Travis Kelsey is the number one person that everybody wants to stop, yet he got 14 balls in the game. And many times, it wasn't just forced into double coverage. Somehow, he schemed running open. Like, he's got to be whatever. Like, we saw we saw his greatness. Like, he could bring Chad Henney in from the two-yard line and drive it all the way down. Like, you got to see that this week from him. Well, and I think the biggest thing in this game, too, is, yeah, obviously the Patrick Mahomes injury, but you need Andy to be special whether Mahomes was 100% healthy or not in this game because as much disrespect as I've thrown towards Zach Taylor over the last couple of years, Zach Taylor's been really good in the playoffs. Like, he he, he has done a really good job. They, they were scheming guys open – against a good Buffalo Bills defense last week. And Zach Taylor totally outcoached that Buffalo Bills coaching staff. And if you come into this game with a less than 100% Patrick Mahomes, your advantage has to lie in Andy Reid in the Chiefs offensive coaching staff. And so there's no excuses for them this week. Like there's no... There's no poor decision-making, poor clock management. Like, there's no excuses for Andy Reid. This game is as much on him this week as it is Patrick Mahomes because he might not be able to lean into Patrick to cover up some of the mistakes the way that he usually does. So Andy's got to be totally dialed in. He's got to be almost perfect on Sunday in this AFC Championship game. And, and BK, we, like, we've watched this game. Now, this will be the fourth time we've watched this game. And we've watched Buffalo games or other Cincinnati games, in particular last weekend's Buffalo. We know what Lou's going to try to do. So Lou is going to try to take away. As I said, Kelsey had 14 balls last week, 10 balls in the first half. Now he's going to try to take away Travis Kelsey. This is this is what I said before the playoffs, my concern of what is it going to look like with the secondary guys. Now we're getting some potentially positive news, right, Serta, on McCole Hardman that at least as of as we're sitting here on Thursday recording this, that he practiced limited in a limit fashion Wednesday. And Andy felt seemed and sounded more optimistic about McCole Hardman and his, his chances to play with this pelvic injury. 
but that's that's going to be the thing. Lou is going to try to take Kelsey away, and and I'll be honest, he, judging by what he's been able to do, as he took Diggs away, like he, he, there's going to probably be a point where he may be successful at it. Now is the other deal of these other guys, like somebody, and Andy's going to have to help with it, but somebody else is going to have to make them pay for that. So what I'm really curious to see what they decide to do in this game, Ron, because I, I saw somebody, this was, I think, during the game on Sunday where the Bengals were playing against the Bills. They said afterwards, they were like, hey, yeah, I'd, I'm surprised that we haven't seen more people steal some of the scheme that Lou Anarumo has come up with. And it's like, yeah, like you can steal the scheme, but that's not what makes it special. The scheme isn't anything different than what we see from everybody. It's the game plan ability. Like what he does that's different is he brings a different game plan into every game. Like you said, Ron, he's going to decide, okay, what do you, what do you want to do? I'm taking that away. I'm making you play left-handed. And that's what Bill Belichick has done for years, right? You'd go into a game and you're like, all right, Bill's going to make us do what we don't want to do. How comfortable can we be with that? What are the things that we can go to if previously he takes away Tyreek Hill and we got to run this offense through Kelsey instead, or he takes away Kelsey and Hill and we got to run this offense through the running game. Like those are the kinds of things that Lou Anarumo does previously what he had done to the chiefs that made a really uncomfortable. He would bring like three and you didn't know which three it was going to be, but eight guys were going to drop into coverage. One of those guys typically was going to be some kind of a, a spy on Mahomes. I don't know if they'll use that this week, maybe early on, they're like, you know what? We don't think that he's going to have the mobility to be able to run around the way that he normally does. We don't need that spy. So that's one extra guy that they can drop into coverage. They'll loop a guy around. They were one of the first teams that was going into some of that stuff against the Chiefs. They would bring down a robber. So they've got a guy in the middle of the field because the Chiefs love using that uh, deep over route. Like all of these things are super simple, but they maximized it. They did it better than other teams did against the Chiefs. And so... When you look at the way that the Chiefs are going into this game, man, I I don't know how they game plan for it, but this is where Andy needs to make his money. And this is where those secondary weapons that you're talking about, Ron, they've got to step up. You need Juju to be able to come up with some yep. big plays. He was great early on in that first game, and then he got hurt with the concussion. Um, you need like one of the backup tight ends to come up with a big play. You need Pacheco to be able to help you out in the running game. Darius Tony is one that they sure. didn't see the first time. They didn't they didn't see Hardman or him in that in that first game. That 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 is those those are pieces too that can like there are a couple of things, right, that we know that can just be situations of hey everybody's got a plan until they get punched. And you might have a plan of how you're going to hold Kelsey and all this, but if Pacheco and McKinnon start running the ball down your throats, now you got, now you got to, now you got to shift and change stuff. And that was a big key on that 98 yard drive that they had with Chad Henney is it may have been the best drive that Pacheco had in terms of running the football. And Hill Jacksonville probably knew that was coming. And <laughs> yep. they were still, able to pull it off so like it, you can do all the stuff you want to do and, and have all the and he has been very unique with things but if the run game starts getting off and the chiefs are running for 140 150 yards and they're punching them in the mouth running the football then that might go out the window and then if you get hit down the field on, on deep stuff by hardman like he did in the afc championship game to him but it was only once or or tony 
big plays down the field where you're like, okay, yeah, I know Eli Apple is, is a great talker, but I know we're trying to double down on on Kelsey, but we really going to leave Eli Apple out here alone against Kadarius Tony? Are we really going to leave him out here alone against McCole Hardman and let him run past him? Like those are two things that can also get them out of it. Ron, I think to your point on the running game specifically, like if I'm looking at the Chiefs versus the Bengals and I'm just going position group by position group, where do the Chiefs have the single biggest advantage? Like their group at defensive line versus the Bengals group at defensive line and so on. I think it's offensive line. Like the biggest issue for the Bengals coming into this game is their offensive line and you have invested heavily into yours. And so if I'm looking at, okay, how, how do the Chiefs overcome the injury to Mahomes? How do they overcome what Lou Anarumo is going to do to them in the passing game with all of his different coverages, how he's disguising them, the blitz pack, all of that stuff. Man, run the ball. Like, I know that's a weird thing to say when you have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. I, I get Especially it. Especially now, yeah. But this week, after what we just saw from Pacheco last week and what your offensive line can do, and we know they are a little bit of a liability against this pass rush as well, man, lean on them. Lean into what Lou Anarumo is going to give you because he he'll give you a four or five yards a pop. He's a, he's not afraid to do that because he thinks that's their best way to win. Their best recipe is to not have Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball. Prove him wrong. Go into this game and tell your offensive line this is on you. Go get this done. We're gonna ride you guys to the end of this thing. Yeah. I, I think they finally have a running game that I would actually trust to potentially be able to get that done. Help your defense. Help keep Joe there. Help your defense get rested up. And, and with that, man, my final thing, when, when the Chiefs have the ball, we've seen this game. This will be the fourth time we've seen this game. There is a trend, and that is some kind of mistake, especially in the second half. In these three games they've played, they've lost. Some kind of mistake where they've had control of the game that they have made that swung the game. And, hell, in a couple of games, there's been multiple ones. The first game, the first game that they lost in the regular season last year, there's a there's a, there's several penalties, but there was one in particular, a holding penalty on a third down in which Mahomes had a big play that would have put them first down in the fourth quarter with a four-point lead in field goal range. I mean, well in field goal range, inside the 30, that was taken away because of a holding penalty. And then it went from first down inside the 30 to a second down in 12 or 15 that then became an incompletion that resulted into a punt. And then they went on and won the game. And then we all know the AFC championship game. Hell, you could start with the mistakes that just kept coming, starting at the end of the half where they didn't get any points. And then next thing you know, Mahomes throws a really bad interception to a defensive lineman, miss misfires throughout and then ultimately, Mahomes throws an interception in overtime that puts them right in field goal range, damn near. And then this last game, we all know Kelsey, his fumble in the fourth quarter. They all had leads there or were tied at those points of those mistakes. Um, and, and the Kelsey thing, they fumble, they go back down, and they score. And they were in control of the game. They were driving to score again. They have got to stop shooting themselves in the foot. They have made critical mistakes offensively. The, 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 this is an offensive-led team. They've made critical mistakes. And really, hell, if I just named them, these are, these are two of your best players. 
your two best players that have made the mistakes. They've got to fix that. And that's the thing, Ron. Like you, you look at it going in, and it's been their their issue for most of the season too. Like you look at the Bengals yep. game specifically, and then you look at what this season has been for the Chiefs all year. We talked about it, man. Can you just limit to one? Like, can we just yeah. get one turnover? At this point, that was what we were willing to accept. But you look at what they've done over the last month of the season, zero against the Seahawks, zero against the Raiders, zero last week. You had two in that Denver game, but you were able to get it done ultimately. They have improved in that area. Limit the turnovers, remove a lot of those penalties that we've talked about. And then the other thing, like, I think it kind of goes along with what you're talking about here. Man, the special teams issues just have to stop. Last week, you I gave up the big that. kickoff return, the, the missed field goal in one of these games. Like, the, these things just cannot happen. You, you can't be – I don't even need them to be a, a contributing factor to winning. Just don't allow it to be a contributing factor to losing. Don't miss field goals. Shout don't have a terrible kickoff return. Don't get a punt block. Those are the kinds of things that can't happen. Shout out to Harrison, who kicked the ball well, except for on kickoffs. Shout out to him, kick the ball well. There you go, knocking him down, right down the middle. You could get a little deep on the kickoffs. I'm just wondering if Tommy Townsend can kick it further. Can Justin Reed kick it further? I'm just curious. I don't know. Uh, maybe that could take a tackle. I mean, he saved a touchdown, so he gets credit. And he for made that. the tackle. But He's he the arsonist that put out the fire. Like, get out of here. He's the one that created the problem. That, that could really help. That could really help Dave Tobe if he could just make these touchbacks. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. All right. Let's move to when the Bengals have the ball. Uh, and listen, I'm going to just get real honest. This is, uh, as we've said repeatedly, the best Chiefs podcast uh, in the world uh, because there is it is worldly. Shout out to our British guys. and I, I think there's a German podcast as well. But this is the best podcast in the world. And I know, Chris Jones, you listen to this, and I know you can hear this. Chris, I swear before God as I sit here, if you don't have a major impact in this game, I just won't look at you the same. I just won't look at you the same. The Cincinnati Bengals have three starters out. Three. They were bad to begin with, with the three starters in. And they are playing one of the worst offensive linemen in the game at right guard. Max Sharping, I've had the pleasure of watching him get his ass kicked over and over again for two consecutive years. I gave him the nickname Sirens Sharping because <laughs> he needs help as soon as the ball is snapped. It is one guy 
above his head, it looks like sirens are going off as soon as he gets into his in his pass pro. He's awful. He is terrible. Terrible. <laughs> if if Chris Jones gets 55 to 65 snaps against Max Sharping, I wouldn't line him up against anybody else. Against Max Sharping, he ought to destroy him and destroy the little deal of Joe trying to get the ball off quick because it's coming right up the middle. He, I mean, this thing was Chris Jones, is he still he's still on this this no sacks streak, 14 playoff games. You you gotta have a sack. And Lord knows this ain't talked about a lot because a lot of people don't remember defensive lineman plays, but I know you do, and trust I do, Chris. You had Joe Burrow dead to rights on multiple occasions in that AFC championship game, and he got away from you to get first downs to extend drives. Don't you let that happen again. Don't you let that happen again. You, to me, are a top three defensive player of the year candidate going against awfulness, pure adulterated awfulness. Your ass better shine tonight, 95. I'm telling you what, Sunday, if you don't if you don't put your impact in this game, Chris, I'm getting fired up right now. I've got a sweat going on in my right armpit. I'm getting fired up right now. Chris, I swear to God, I won't look at you any different. I, I, I mean, I won't look at you the same. You, you, I just won't. You have to dominate this. Absolutely dominate this. Man, that's what it comes down to. I remember this time last week going into that Buffalo game. The Buffalo Bills were what? A, a five and a half point favorite, six point favorite at one point against the Bengals. Why? Because of their offensive line. Everybody was talking about, hey, I, I don't know that the Bengals can block these dudes. Like, And that was against the Bills. Think about whoever their best defensive lineman is. Whoever it is in your head right now, say his name out loud. All right, cool. Now imagine that player going on to the Chiefs defensive line. Where do they rank among the Chiefs best? It's not number one, because Chris Jones is better than whoever the guy is that you just thought of. Absolutely. And so when I when I look back at that game on Sunday, Ron, I think the snow was a factor. I'm not saying it's the reason why the Bengals won. They, they kicked their ass. They, they deserved to win that game. They were the better team, top to bottom. That being said, I absolutely think that playing in those conditions was a factor for the Buffalo Bills pass rush. That's not going to be a factor on Sunday, or at least not expected to be as far as I, I've seen. You're going to be able to go in there and get a pass rush against Joe Burrow. And with these offensive linemen in there, like you can make an argument, it's worse than the offensive line that he played in front of last year, the current group that he's go, that he's got in front of him. And so if you're the Chiefs and you aren't able to get a pass rush against this offensive line, that's on you. That's on you. And the Chiefs are going to have to invest heavily this offseason off in that group if they're not able to do it. So you got to get it done. And Chris Jones is the guy that you look at because, I mean, you mentioned Max Sharping, and he's he's really bad, first of all. And second of all, he should be the guy that Chris Jones is lining up against on every single play. Just always, every play. I know that they don't like doing this very often where they just match up a specific guy in a specific spot. This is one of the exceptions. You do it in this game, just like you did with Legereus Need against specific matchups in the slot or outside. You do it in this game for Chris Jones against Max Sharping. It's he's got to be what Aaron Donald was in the Super Bowl last year against the Bengals. Aaron Donald, generational defensive player, uh, one of the greatest defensive players who's ever lived, gets to a Super Bowl, his second Super Bowl appearance. And Aaron Donald left his stamp on that game, sacking Joe Burrow twice. 
and getting pressure throughout the entire contest. Chris Jones has to be Aaron Donald, and he gets compared to Aaron Donald a lot, and Chris Jones is having a brilliant season. He's a defensive player of the year finalist and all of that stuff. None of it matters if he doesn't sack Joe Burrow on Sunday. Like it, it all comes down to this game and he's got to be Aaron Donald in this game. We can't play around with the no playoff sacks thing anymore. He needs multiple sacks on Sunday. Yeah. Listen, and it, it, but it, we just see a lot of it. Aaron Donald, Jeffrey Simmons last year, they couldn't handle him uh, against Tennessee at all. This is one of the most frustrating things about this game is everybody Everybody gets pressure on the Bengals. For the last two years, everybody does, except the Chiefs. It is the most unreal thing. I don't understand. Don't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, I've watched teams, the Ravens, Justin Houston's old ass, just absolutely destroys them. Nobody for the Chiefs can get pressure. Joe's just sit back there, and they're terrible. Like, when you talk about, I would say, oh, Aaron, no, Aaron Donald, Jeffrey Simmons, yeah, because he's going against a worse offensive line than they did. Like, they were better. They had guys better. Max Sharping wasn't playing. So, I'm going to guarantee you they were better. Like, I mean, I mean, they, I mean, the Bengals should have to resort, resort to lining up a running back directly behind Max for immediate help with Chris Jones. It, it, it should, I mean, immediate, just line him up right behind him as immediate help. Like, it should cause multiple one-on-ones. Not only should Chris get pressure, but George should have one-on-ones. Frank Clark has shown he can defeat one-on-ones. Like, this should be – they've got to get help. We talk about Jamar Chase. We talk about T. Higgins, and they are going to be a problem. Tyler Boyd as well. Hurst, they're going to be a problem. But all that can be shut up if Joe Burrow has to get off his spot, get his, his on the ground, get sacked. All right? I guarantee you. They sack his butt seven, eight, nine times like he got sacked against the Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill's not on the other side. The Chiefs are going to go to the Super Bowl. So they have got to, and particularly 95, impact this game in a major way. But uh, but I, I will say this. This is crazy. It's Chris Jones, to me, is the first thing that jumps out. But that's not even, to me, the most important thing. The most important thing for this defense in this game, they got to tackle I mean, they have to. I know that sounds simple. Hey, rush the quarterback and tackle. But the Bengals, they break so many tackles. And the Chiefs have, throughout the year, struggled with getting people on the ground. They miss a lot of tackles. They have done it. In particular, uh, the, the, the middle part of their team. Just so many missed tackles. They have got to tackle. I watched them play Buffalo last week, and I cannot count how many times Joe had no problem throwing the ball three yards, four yards, seven yards, even on third down, throwing the ball in front of the sticks and them breaking tackles and turning three-yard gains into seven, seven-yard gains into 12, getting first downs and extending drives when they didn't, from Pirine to Mixon to Chase to Hurst, all of them. The Chiefs have to, when they catch it and they're there, tackle, 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 tackle. You can't go through this game having 15, 20 missed tackles or they're going to kill you. That was the biggest issue in the game this year. 
Like we we can talk about the pressure, we can talk about issues in the second half, we can talk about special teams, whatever we want to discuss, and all of it's fair. All, all of it is true. But the biggest issue for the Chiefs in that last game was their inability to tackle. And the problem is, it's such a glaring weakness when you see the opposition and the in the Bengals in this matchup. They're going to tackle everything they see, man. They never miss tackles. Yes. And so they are like, if you look at it as a deficit kind of thing, right? The Chiefs constantly give up an extra two yards in that game whenever they get to the tackle point. The guy just falls forward or he breaks the first tackle and then the second guy's able to get him. All of these different things. And the Bengals, it was wrap up to the ground, no more yards added. And those start to add up over time. So you get two yards here, two yards there, three yards here, three yards there. And then by the end of the game, you've added 50 yards to your total. The Chiefs are adding nothing. That can be a drive. Like that That's the difference in one of their point dri- or drives that produce points versus yours. They won by three points. Th- that That is the thing in this game, man. And I think specifically, if you're highlighting anybody, it's the linebackers. Yeah. We talked coming into the season. I remember having the conversation, Serta. We were really high on Willie Gay and Nick Bolton. And them being difference makers for this team, them being guys that you look back in previous years for the Chiefs, you say to yourself, all right, a weakness for them was their linebackers. Now it's going to become a strength. There have been games where I felt that way, but on the whole, I I think it's been like pretty average in terms of the Chiefs linebacker play this year. They cannot be liabilities in this game. And even against the Jaguars, I thought they were. I, I thought they had a really bad game last week, both Bolton and Gay. And they were there were times where you'd see Darius Harris on the field because of that. So in this one, if they want a chance to be able to win and defensively they come up with some big stops, it's got to start with a linebacker position. Those guys have to be willing to tackle. Yeah, I, I think Willie Gay is easily the most disappointing chief this season. Um, early in the year, we thought like, Willie Gay is going to be that dude for this defense. Like he's flying around all over the field and then he has a suspension. And then since then it's just never really connected. It's a play here and there, a play here and there, a lot of Darius Harris in the mix. Like it it just hasn't worked out. And honestly, I think that that Jacksonville did them a favor by going away from the run because Travis Etienne was averaging like eight yards a carry every time he touched the ball in that game. And it's something that we saw against these Bengals last time. Joe Mixon wasn't even available the last time they played earlier in the season. It was Samaj P. Ryan. And Samaj P. Ryan was just running through the tackles. Like, it, it was like the Chiefs weren't even there. So, yeah, you need something from them. Like, w- Willie Gay, especially. Like, Bolton's going to accumulate his tackles or whatever. You need Bolton to find a way to make impact plays. But you need Willie Gay to find to be impactful and stay on the field. Like, there's no excuse to put Darius Harris on the field. Darius Harris, I get it. He's a decent tackler, but he's a liability at the linebacker position. And we know that for a fact, like Willie Gay needs to be on the field and he needs to make plays this game. And there's just no excuses for it anymore. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, when we look at the weather's not going to do him any favors, like as cold as it's going to be in that game, it's going to make it even more, uh, more difficult more in a more in a playing environment that is not conducive to wanting to just tackle folks and the Bengals aren't going to be afraid to lean on that so uh yeah justin reed you two uh not getting bounced bounced off the turf like a, a basketball like a, a p ryan did to you y'all gotta y'all got to tackle that is hugely important all right sort of go ahead and get my music the game that is sweeping the nation 
certified or imposter. You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. And uh, this is where I'm going. How much do you think this is real? Is this certified or impossible? That this game, how this game ends, can can affect the thought of who holds the crown as the best quarterback in the NFL. Is the winner of this game, is this what this game is about? The winner of this game holds the crown for best quarterback in the NFL. I'll, I'll go ahead and start with this, Ron. I think that if Chiefs fans are saying no, like if they're saying this is an imposter, they're kidding themselves. Like I'm not saying it's right. I I believe that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. And I think that is a winning argument. I can fight till the end of time on why that is. And I will be right. That being said, if you think that a guy is going to go 0-4, including 0-2 in the last two years in the AFC Championship game, head-to-head against their top threat, among the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and that's not going to sway the conversation for a vast majority of the football viewing audience, you're kidding yourself. Like, that's how it's going to be. And so, do I think it's fair? Do I think it is right that this will determine for a lot of people who the best quarterback in the NFL is? No, but it will. And that's how this works, man. We make our decisions for whatever reason with the rings culture. And in the NFL, the reason why Tom Brady is the GOAT is because he got there and won it more often than anybody else. Was he better head-to-head on the field when you watched than Peyton Manning? I think there's a lot of people that would say no. Was he more talented than Aaron Rodgers? No, I don't think so. But guess what? He's got the rings to prove it. And that's what matters. And that's why we determined that he's the GOAT. And so if, if Burrow gets you four straight, he's never lost to you. Two of those came in the AFC Championship games. I don't care if you're hobbled. I don't care if he's got all these great weapons around him. I don't care what the explanations or excuses are. He got you on your field in back-to-back AFC Championship games. He won head-to-head. He gets to be the guy that's crowned. And so for me, as much as I think that it's unfair, yeah, I think this will be. I think it is certified. This will be the game that for a lot of people – determines whether or not burrow is the is the guy right now in the nfl i think that's how it goes yeah it's certified and i I don't agree with it like obviously if we're taking just individual player versus individual player patrick mahomes is more talented in my mind than joe burrow but it's everything that bk said you can't go oh and four against burrow in the Bengals. you can't lose back-to-back afc championship games to Joe Burrow. And and even though like this will be, if Burrow wins this game, this will be his second consecutive Super Bowl. but he did lose last year and whoever he's going to play in the NFC is also a very tough matchup. So like he might even go Oh, and two in Super Bowls possibly. And and there's still going to be the, well, yeah, but Joe Burrow's standing in the way of Patrick Mahomes. Now, even though Mahomes already has a ring, he's got multiple Super Bowl appearances. He's going to have two MVPs after this season. There's still going to be people that say, well, yeah, but it's not just the Kansas City Chiefs at the top of the AFC anymore. Now they got to go through the Bengals and they can't seem to figure out how to do that. So there's going to be the conversations there. I'm not ready to jump to like the the Manning Brady conversation because I think that's where some people immediately go. Like they got to win more rings. Both of them do. They got they got to do this for a lot longer before I'm ready to have that conversation 
but they have firmly established themselves as one and two in the NFL in my mind. And that's why we're going to start having this conversation. So uh, I think it just has to be certified because that's already where it's going. This is so hard. Um, because I think it's hell. It's either one, right? There's only two choices, obviously, but it's, I'll say certified with a it's certified with a caveat because to me, like I do, I, I still think if you gave me a shot, who is the quarterback I'm going to pick? If I got to pick a guy to start the team, it's Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not even thinking twice about it, no matter what the outcome of the game is. But to me, it the caveat is how how it happens. Like how how does like how does Joe particularly win? Because and if this happens like it did again last year, like it's not only just four straight and it would be two straight in the AFC championship game in Arrowhead. If it's like last year, like last year, the reason why the Chiefs loss was Patrick Mahomes, like one of the only times that we can ever say that, like it was him by far from not just the obvious poor interceptions and the poor blunder in his head that he made at the end of the half to just trick away points. But like there are other hidden things that we didn't see, like him targeting Demarcus Robinson and McCall Hardman more than, and, and I mean, in money times and overtime than he was 87 and 10, like just missing swing routes, missing crossing patterns. Like he, he took, as we said, I said, like he took a dump all over Arrowhead in the second half. And Joe, Joe was one of the single reasons why they came back and won. Now, like if he were to lose this game, the way Josh Allen lost to, to, to Patrick Mahomes last year, I still think that'd be hard to come out and say that, that Joe is definitively better. Cause then you could, you could look at a, a few things, but I think it's the way it ha- how it happens, but I damn sure I got to lean towards certified because it's damn sure a fair and serious conversation. Like it is a it is a fair and real conversation, really based on a lot of the comparisons you guys made with how we felt about Manning and Brady. Like it took a long time. Like I don't think a lot of people remember. It took a long time, even though Tom had rings, to actually say he was better than Peyton Manning. Like it took a bunch of rings and a bunch of times where he was big in the big moments. But the reason why like people believe Brady is the goat over guys like Mont Manning and, and, and his and his contemporaries. And the reason why people believe like a Jordan is the goat over LeBron is we just remember in the big moments, those guys seem to have the memory of coming up bigger. And so far in the fourth quarter and in the big moments of these games, Joe Burrow, and it's not close, has come up large in these moments in a way that that Pat had in this last game Pat had a third down and 11 to try to preserve a drive to 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 get even further down in field goal range and he couldn't make a play not saying it's all his fault but he couldn't make a play and they had to resort to resort to kicking a field goal the next time Cincinnati got the ball Joe had a third down and 11 and he hit T Higgins in stride right in front of Williams to get a first down to end the game. Like he's been doing it in a way that Pat has it. So 
I, I don't think it is, he is. And to me, I think it really, really shows how the game ends. Like, if we go two straight years where Mahomes is the reason why they lose, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, now, I mean, I don't think there's anything you can come back and say. Because Joe is becoming very, very clutch in the big moments. Uh, so uh, that, that's that that to me. I'll go certified with a caveat. All right, predictions. AFC Championship game to get to the Super Bowl. I'll let BK go last because he's scary. Um, I, I Listen, I, I think uh, the weather is going to play some role. I mean, this thing is dropping by the day. Uh, they're saying in the second half, we could be looking at 18 degrees, 22, 25 degrees at kickoff. So I think that's going to play some part. I don't know how much that helps on a bad ankle. Um, but I, I think the Chiefs do win. I Man, I just – Dan Orlowski said it earlier. It is hard for me to to envision that Patrick Mahomes is going to lose somebody four straight times and that Andy Reid is going to lose and and get out coached by a coordinator four straight times. I think it's going to be lower scoring than you would think with these two offenses. I think it is 24-17 Kansas City. I think the defense plays really well. I'm not ready to uh, give my official game. Oh, here. good lord! <laughs> oh my god! What? I'm not, <laughs> what a I'm coward! Just, I'm Are not you serious? It. I I'm haven't. I haven't finalized my decision yet. I It'll be care. up at ArrowheadPride.com later this afternoon. I still gotta. I still gotta think about it. I gotta sit down because I've gone back and forth all week long. I haven't finalized the official decision yet. I'm not quite ready to to put that out. In the well, then then added add a disclaimer of you haven't come to a final conclusion. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, I'm not gotta, accepting you gotta, that. You no. got to give yourself at least a, a, no, a legit prediction here. Let's go. Come on. I'm going to pick the Kansas City Chiefs to win this football game, 34 oh to 31. Ron, you know. This is the squad. This is the team that I'm worried about. It's been this way for a year. I told you earlier this season, I was terrified of Joe Burrow. That's the guy that does it for me. When he's on the other side, I don't want to be betting on the other team. I don't want to be rooting for the other team. He is the man that shows up in your nightmares. And so until proven otherwise, I can't Mm. pick the Chiefs to beat him. I can't. I, I... I like this Chiefs team. I've said all year, I think they're the best team in the AFC. The ankle injury is just enough to sway me. If Mahomes was right, if he was 100% going into this one, I'd probably pick the Chiefs in a really slim margin. But for me, I I do think it matters. I think it takes away a little bit of his mobility. And I'm going to take the Bengals. I, I agree with you, Ron. I think it's a little more low scoring than what we're expecting I think this one ends up 24-23. Bengals get the win in Arrowhead to go to the Super Bowl. But I do think it's really close. I I think this one could go either way, but I'll take the Bengals in my official prediction. All right, so you got the Bengals. I'll be uh, smoking that Joe Burrow cigar uh, next week as we uh, get prepared two weeks out for the Super Bowl. Um, Listen, I'm going to tell you this. I I, I don't generally think like motivation, bulletin board, material stuff i think that stuff's overblown i don't think so in this game i i I think i think the chiefs there's not a team that they want more and sometimes this this group as we've seen it we talked about it last week are they mature enough to handle beating this this is a team that sometimes needs help uh getting themselves motivated and being completely focused 
there's no chance that they're not that they're going to be uh, any level any level of lack of focus in this game. And I think all this talking, everything that happened three in a row, the line dropping, they're uh, they're underdogs at home. Like I think all of that is going to add uh, to the Chiefs, and I think they are a much more well-rounded team than they're given credit for, and I think that's going to show on Sunday. All right, fellas, uh, good show. Let's see if the Chiefs can make themselves uh, to their third Super Bowl in five years. Um, I believe they will. I've already guaranteed it. So uh, go ahead and get that W, fellas. We are out. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.